0: Hello, everybody. This is Kyle, the host of Behind the Movement. Um, first, I just want to thank everybody for um, listening and supporting. Uh, I've received some really amazing emails and, and messages recently from people who are enjoying the conversations. Um, so I really appreciate that. Um, it's nice to hear that people are enjoying them as much as, as much as I am. Um, before I get to the conversation with Brian Johnson, I just wanted to uh, let you all know that this week um, we started Movement Brooklyn online. Um, you know, before the pandemic, we had a movement facility in Brooklyn and we unfortunately had to close because of the pandemic. And then uh, for the first six months, After closing, I taught Movement Brooklyn Live classes uh, six days a week out of my wife's folks garage. And um, we did those for free and just for anyone who wanted to donate and just wanted to give whatever we could to, to everybody who was dealing with all aspects of this event. And we recorded those classes and it turned out that we ended up with almost 120 of them. So uh, we decided to take those recordings and, and let those kind of be the starting point for Movement Brooklyn Online. So all uh, hundred and almost twenty classes are up there in what we call the vault. Um, but we decided to build on that as well and, and find a way to make something that's not just a place for content, but also a place for live classes and a place for community. Um, so. Movement Brooklyn Online isn't just a bunch of videos. It's not just me teaching uh, weekly live classes, but um, it's also kind of a social media platform where members and students can share and discuss and and wonder together. Um, And I think that's my favorite aspect of it because uh, I I wanna hear what people are thinking. I, I think I learn a lot from, from wandering alongside everyone else. So, Movement Brooklyn Online is, is available now, and uh, it's a, a living site. It's, like I said, not just a content site. And I'd love to have you join. Uh, I recently got to teach the first live class, and it was really amazing, and, and we put those recordings up now as well. Um, And I'm looking forward to seeing what it becomes. So if it's something you're interested in, you can go to movementbrooklyn.com or you can go to members.movementbrooklyn.com. Hopefully I'll see you there. Now, enjoy uh, my conversation with Brian, who I can't say enough good things about. Enjoy. Kyle. Brian, what's going on?
1: hey man what's going on
0: long time
1: yeah it's been it's been a while man it's been a while
0: yeah I'm, i was just thinking this morning i was like oh you know i am actually in the location where we met in person
1: yes yeah i uh, love boulder man it's been what two years now i think or three maybe
0: yeah i mean i think uh, time flies I, I think coming up on three right maybe two and a half or something yeah so you're there in your studio. Did you have class in there?
1: Uh, Zoom. We have Zoom class. Yeah, we um, we've got a couple classes that we're doing in person right now. We've got one where we have a hybrid use of the space. So we start outside, and then we'll kind of cycle people in and out. And then we've got a local park, similar to what you guys do at the park stuff with the park stuff, where we um, we get, we can get a, obviously a bigger group out there, but. Yeah, man, just trying to, uh, trying to get really some sort of use in the space. So I still see some privates. Um, I do some one-on-one coaching and then we'll do most of our zoom sessions from here, but, uh, you know, it's not, we've got a small facility. So I, Zach or Matt had actually reached out and he said, Hey, are you guys doing work in the space? And, uh, it, it just not, we don't have quite the space to have more than about five people in, at any given time. So mm. it's been somewhat limited, but. Is,
0: is that the, like the laws right now is like 25 or 30% or something? <laughs>
1: um, honestly, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Really it's been up to just my own discretion and comfort level and, mm-hmm. you know, using, um, not only how our students are presenting it and and feeling about the situation but also um, personally how i feel about it Mm -hmm. and using that as a gauge to determine whether or not we get in the space or not and right now um dallas we're pretty you know in terms of these numbers in the situation it's it's a little over two thousand a day new cases Mm -hmm. and so we're just you know trying to use the good weather that we have our mm-hmm. advantage at yeah. least until we don't have it and then um you know hopefully we can by that time reassess and figure out if we can get some more people in here but it's
0: well, I, tough
1: I, as you know as i, I mean oh man know, i know
0: yeah,
1: but I, so I, I i i
0: i appreciate though that you're like it's not even necessarily like what the laws are saying you're just kind of like well those are basically just kind of the edge of the cliff and you're like oh well I can pick and choose how I want to do this for like the safety and of yourself and your family and the community and like Dallas as a whole and Texas as a whole and then the country sure. as a whole, as opposed to it being like, oh, well, where's the line in it at? I'm gonna go right up to the line every time.
1: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's it's uh that isn't a great point because I um I'm probably a little more conservative with it. I I don't um, you know, I don't feel any need to like, you know flood people in here but at the same time you know it is it's a big limitation we've as you guys have as well and as you have uh i'm sure have your story in brooklyn but you know we've we've seen different challenges pop up and dealing with those challenges and understanding how we can still for example get new people interested in our work or um, keep our current students um, connected it's um Yeah. It's a, it's a unique situation that we're all in. I mean, but it goes without saying.
0: So what, so, uh, so then like, what have been, Oh, by the way, I just, you should know we're recording. I always just start recording right, right out of the gate. So just in case you were about to say anything you didn't want to say out there, but just, uh, yeah, it's an open book. Um, so then I guess I'm just super curious, like what has been kind of the, the ups and downs of like the student membership situation through this?
1: Yeah. Great question. I mean, and I think every I'm sure every studio and community and space has its own, um, you know, answer to that. But for us and we actually just had a call with our our group, our community yesterday, you know, talking about some of this stuff as openly as we as we can. And, you know, on the on the pro side, we've figured out a way to still connect the community, either through Zoom through doing some local classes and then through going uh, online in a bigger way. So, having people outside of Dallas be able to join in and, and practice with us. Um, so, it's gotten some new traction in that regard. And then it challenged me really to think about a different platform for us to offer um, the education through. So, luckily, I have a little bit of a skill set with website stuff, so I could kind of create my own back end. Mm-hmm. and build, um, build some programming that we use and correspond with the classes to send out and then tying in other, um, it really kind of pushed me to tie in other life, philosophical elements into the practice that we could share either via email or do zoom calls and have discussions about other things related to practice in life. Mm-hmm. Um, on the on the on the flip side of that. The stickiness of our more core community has become. I, it, it's a felt sense, but it's also um, sensed through the fact that people are just less visible, or they're less. Um, they make them le- themselves less available. Hmm. But there's a, a bit of a felt sense of fragility with the community. Hmm. So you know, it's almost like this thing has while we're connected, right? This, this idea of technology, while we're connected, quote, unquote, via social media, there's a bit of disconnection that's happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so there's a there's a physical component, obviously, to the practice itself, but there's a physical component to relationships that um, has been degraded in some ways, I don't know if that's the right term, but it's been lost. Mm -hmm. um, as people build new routines, they build new habits and they start to, um, you know, kind of look in different areas for connection. So, so yeah, that, those are probably the two main things that come up. I mean, there's, you know, when when the, when the pandemic first started, I would say we probably lost about 20% of our students that were like already on the fence, Mm -hmm. you know, and the core group has remained, sticky throughout which has been great but we are we're also a small community i mean i think probably you know here in dallas if we were to spread everybody out we have 40 or 50 people that come in mm-hmm. on a regular basis so um so yeah man it's it's
0: well <laughs> i I I, 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 ad- learning I, curve. I I admire the uh the cre- creativity and like willing and, and real willingness to like bend and and bend so far as to be like creating like new opportunities not just band-aids. You know, right. I think a lot right. of people are doing a couple things where they're like the first one is well, let's just put everything on pause and then we'll go back to normal even though that's never going to be a thing. It's you sure. know, things are going to continue to change and that's great. Um then there are people who are just like, well, let's bend but like let's treat the bend a little more like a band-aid and then we can pull the band-aid back off when things go back to a certain way right. but I like your idea of almost being like well let's just like create some other new things and like ride those waves out a little bit and see where that goes as, as opposed to treating them like band-aids
1: yeah and I think um I think these things too um they, they were always there and so there was like a seed um and you know uh thinking of I recently did a a, a, a six-week course on regenerative design and I was um, interested in those principles as it relates to our our business mm-hmm. and this idea that when something is dying or decaying, something new comes from it. And so like your trip, your, your venture to Boulder is an example of that, right? Mm-hmm. It's like we see death as such a um, permanent and maybe potentially bad thing. We have a different view, but out of that death and decay, something new comes from it. And so I think um, the pandemic was um essentially and it has been until it changes it's been a death of the physical and so there had to have been a seed that was already planted thankfully in in my case of some of these other ideas that just didn't have the time or the watering to be nurtured and developed and so they're getting that now which is great i don't i don't know if it'll i don't know if it'll amount to any fruit so to speak but um but it is it like you said it is um it's nice too. I think having a smaller community where we can be a little more adaptable because we don't have we don't have as much rigidity or process in place where it's like okay we got to we got to move all these people now or you know right. it becomes it becomes much more uh, nimble. But also at the same time, the the cost of that is your your the the potential for fragility um, mm-hmm. is always there. It's like poof and everybody's gone. You know right. Yeah. So uh so there's pros and cons I guess both ways.
0: Is is your background like further back in like um programming or or web design or is that just something no, you picked
1: up? yeah, just the entrepreneurial hat like having to I mean back before before I did uh my work with Edo um kind of in this limbo time I uh you know, I was just doing a lot of blogging and writing and figuring out, you know, how to use different platforms. And it's not, uh, there's nothing that I'm doing that's really magical. It's kind of piecing things together. You know, I'm not writing code or anything like that, but mm. it it works is the the main thing. And it's not just um, a sheet of paper either. You know, there's some, there's some thought we do, we have videos and detailed you know, um detailed things that come along with it. So um yeah, it's not uh it's probably not perfect on a mass scale, but it 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 works and it it was enough of a skill set to uh maybe in this case be a band-aid for building something maybe bigger in the future.
0: Well it's like it's never been easier to build websites and things like that. I remember mm-hmm. making my own website back in like 2000, 2000- I don't know, eight or nine. And I I don't know if you have a Mac, but I was, I used iWeb.
1: Okay. Yeah. I remember iWeb. Yeah.
0: And I, you know, it was, it wasn't until recently that I realized iWeb doesn't even exist anymore. And I remember thinking it was amazing, but now getting to like work with things like Wix and stuff, Mm -hmm. you're like, oh my gosh, all this this world is like opened up.
1: Man, it was such a struggle, like in the WordPress days and trying to you know, put photos in and do I mean I spent so much time with it. I mean that time now is is allocated <laughs> to moving and running a business, but thankfully it's there, you know. And like you said, now it's easier. It's like plug yeah. and play pretty much. Yeah. So did yeah, you, it's worked out.
0: Did you own a CrossFit gym prior to this, or was that just a space that you trained out of? No,
1: I never I've actually never done any sort of CrossFit. I um probably in two thousand seven or so i had another uh, space here in dallas it's called the movement dallas mm-hmm. and um during that time is about kind of when the crossfit craze also came came up and we were doing we were doing something a little bit different um we we called it movement cuz we were actually incorporating some unique ideas and um kind of the antith- antithesis in some ways thinking about slowing things down and a little bit more deliberate uh, type of practice in some ways. But uh, ran through that, did that for about five years. And in the in between, in that process, I had just built relationships around town with some of these guys um, that ran a couple of the CrossFit gyms. And when I started doing the Edo work, um, they, you know, I didn't have a place that had rings and had all the you know, all the stuff that I needed. And so they were kind enough to let me really come into any of their spaces and just mm-hmm. use it. And um, that was a nice little, uh, such a, again, I owe those guys a lot of just gratitude and thanks because at some point we even started doing like a weekly Saturday class. For non-Cross, I mean, CrossFit people could come too, but it wasn't associated with their gyms. And um, that's kind of what led into this. So mm-hmm. it just happened, to be honest with you, it wasn't.
0: Well, it's something that I feel like, you know, because it's been so long now or, or long enough that people don't talk about how integral the role of the CrossFit gym has been and was in Absolutely. like the development of like this, this different type of generalist practice because the crossfit gym gave a lot of people the the space with the apparatuses to do the things that we were working on or are working on and because of the 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 rise of crossfit all of these tools that were so hard to get your hands on you know 20 years ago it's so easy you know what i mean yeah yeah it wasn't easy to get a hold of like barbells and and racks and all the gymnastics equipment and everything it was it just wasn't widely used and then because of CrossFit all of a sudden there was like the spaces for the workshops to happen and it 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 played this really important role.
1: Yeah, we actually did. We've done three workshops here in Dallas, uh, EDA workshops and they were all at those CrossFit gyms and and like you said it's just wide open space, you know, um, a lot more room to move. You, you were across in CrossFit for a
0: while. Yeah, I was, I was, I was working out of a CrossFit gym for a while and I taught CrossFit very, for a very short period and then just used their space to teach movement. But it was like, man, it was so important because it was also like CrossFit was one of the few spaces where at least when I first started doing online coaching, you know, like what online coaching was in like 2015, 14 ish. Like yeah, super strength centric. Yeah, Yeah, strength centric. That it's like it was a language that went very well with what was happening in the CrossFit world.
1: Yeah, which is much different. Much different, and um, it's interesting too because I I know in those early days, um, because I was trying to remember too. I think I started with Ito. It was either twenty October twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen, and it was strength and handstands, mobility. You know, it's like dun dun dun, repeat. Um, those early days too, when we were doing classes, I thought that we were going to get a lot of CrossFitters that were interested in the work and that hasn't, it's still not as much the case. Um, it's interesting because fitness
0: fitness people are not, from (laughs) my experience, they they are not like the target. Yeah. I've learned that they're super linear. They're super, um, yeah, instant gratification, you know? Like you do Fran and you feel immediately like, Oh my God, I just like burned the house down.
1: Skill and performance. Yeah. It's just kind of that, that initial layer. Yeah. For the sure. only,
0: the only thing that the CrossFitters got <laughs> super amped about was like the, 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 the Holy and sacred muscle up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. I do have a couple of students here now that still practice with us that, yeah, that we were just talking about that last week. He, one guy in particular, he was a CrossFitter and, he used to see me practice and he's like, "Guys, oh, doing the strict muscle up. And, um, that drew him into the other word, but he was like, you, you, you know, and have experienced, he was ready for it. You know, mm-hmm. people have to be almost be primed or already looking for something different and unique. So yeah, that's <clears> why <throat> I
0: find that the people who like, who kind of like grab it the quickest and easiest are like, I always say they're people who come from like counterculture physical backgrounds, yeah. yeah. Like um, dance, dancers, or skateboarding, surfing, martial arts, like these practices that are built. Yeah, yeah, they're like they're built on failure. There's not like not everything is hyper defined. Um, you know, they they understand like being in a process. Um, yeah, those are the people that I've always found. You know, people who play chess, even like. It's well, and there's
1: it. a yeah, there's a, there's an interesting thing with that too, and I haven't I've thought about a lot of this, but not from your context you brought up, which is in those there's there's also this um, element of it being somewhat of an art form, and I know when you know when I got into the work with Ito, it was more about less about I mean the skills are great and they drew me in definitely, but it was the art inside of the skill, it was the way it was practiced, it was the the deliberateness and uh you can see that in something like skateboarding or climbing or obviously some of these other expressive uh practices like dance and and whatnot so yeah i think that is that is uh interesting to think about because I'm not so sure. And I could be wrong. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure you might, someone might email you and be like, Hey, that's me. Mm -hmm. But I don't see so much expression in something like CrossFit because it might be counter what the purpose for those people is. Right. It's Mm -hmm. it's um, if, if I'm building a big engine, I don't have as much room. I can build it and and do it better in the process, Mm -hmm. but um, it's, I don't know. And maybe, again, maybe the argument is, well, I can make it in art form while I'm doing it and, mm-hmm. and practice very deliberately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, I think
0: oftentimes for the most part, it's like, because it's a lot of the same movements. So we, even though it's like the plug and play is different with like putting the movements into different places, it's a lot of the same movements. So like the, the, the uncertainty is reduced. Right. You know? And, and to me, there's, there, there's something about the embrace of uncertainty and like, you know, creativity is how you deal with uncertainty. Right. You know, so maybe like, if I think of CrossFit, maybe when I look at like the top level, like some of like the games events where it's like, Whoa, that was totally outside the box. That's where I see, you know, some really artistic expression physically, like, you know, you might see in some sort of professional athlete, but yeah, at the other level, it's just kind of like, Oh, I know this movement. I like take that movement and plug it in here and then plug the other one in here. And then we're off to the races.
1: Well, and and that's something too, this actually just came up today in our class because we're on week four of this current work that we're doing and it involves tapping into um, this exploration or improvisation of some of the elements that we've been working on. And, you know, you can even see, even in our group, how, um, you know it can be it can be uh tempting to get stuck in integration in a sequence that you've already seen or been shown mm-hmm. and the this this problem solving thing that you talk about um which you see very clearly in climbing um you also might see it in skateboarding or some of these other um, endeavors but um people that's where they have the roadblock is you know when in in the way that i thought about it very loosely without having done a lot of X ex- deep exploration on this, but is there's a, there's a, I don't know, there seems to be a connection between thinking and a sequence and putting a sequence together. So I can think about a sequence and, you know, it's like, okay, Kyle tells me to do these three things and I can just do it. I can insert the the movements and put them together, but then there's also an intelligence, like a bodily intelligence that comes through, through problem solving that then allows it to be um, much more individual or improvisational. Mm -hmm. Um, And we were just, we were talking with the group uh, after class about how, you know, it seems, and this is something I remember learning from Shai doing one of her workshops long ago, is that you don't, nothing is just uh, created out of thin air. You create with the parts that you know. So you create with that as reference material And, um, that to me seems, that's one thing I obviously love about this practice, but that also seems to be the most challenging element for, um, for really anybody coming into a practice like this or a process that is not just following some sort of sequence.
0: Yeah. Um, It seems like we have the tendency as human beings to like, really, we quickly create patterns and rhythms and habits. Right. Because I think that like, it makes us, it creates moments where we don't have to think as much. Right. Like, you know, we, we get like these patterns in our nervous system and it's just like, okay, cool. Like that, that chunk of my life or that moment is taken care of because like the habit exists. Um, and to like create new patterns or to, you know, to be prepared for the uncertainty is, is finding these ways of like, um, integrating in like, surprise and discovery right because then it's like oh we i've i've made the i found something that i didn't know was there
1: right right yeah and and it's interesting because you know we so today we'll we we did this in class it's like okay let's take two movements and we're going to take four minutes and i'm going to let you guys explore new ways of entry and exit because Mm -hmm. you know it can be easy just to keep repeating the same thing like you said and not also having ever been, this is, you know, one of the things I really do think that we're all doing in this, um, you know, from a collective community is we're re-educating people on how to learn and think for themselves, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, there's a re-education that has to happen that's not based on this mechanistic um, memory, right? It's like, we all went to school and, we, some of us had different types of edu- education, but really we learned how to memorize things. Mm-hmm. And um, it's in this intelligence, I I think, of taking something and then churning out something new that is really fascinating and interesting because it then carries out into into the rest of life. And so I think that's what we're doing is like we're re-educating um, people in these uh these principles of connection with life and connection through movement. and mm-hmm. um it's interesting to see where we most of us do bottleneck in that. Mm-hmm. i'm I'm me just as much as anyone else.
0: yeah. well, I think I think that it 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 really challenges us culturally because, as you said, like you you use the word mechanistic. And that's how people really operate. And, and to me, when I think of things that are like mechanical, it's like demonstrations of like control, right? Yeah. So it's like, sure. oh, how do I control this situation? How do I control the environment? How do I control myself? And I've gotten in the habit of saying that like, to me, in the way that I train and practice, isn't about being in control. It's about preparing to not be in control.
1: Right, you know. Well, and, and I- this is yeah, yeah. This is interesting too because I'd say, and I'm not sure what your experience was. I'd be interested to hear. But the first few years, a few being like probably three or four, even of working with Ito was very much, uh, very somewhat rigid for me. So I built a lot of control, and I, I, you know, was able to ex- express, I guess you could say, that control, and I still can. Like it's something that doesn't come easy, but it, it definitely was I, I lean more toward that. Um, but in that, I guess, formality, what I realized is that that's where this exploration lies. Um, so there, you know, it's not quite maybe the discipline equals freedom thing. But um, there there needed to be some sort of formal practice for me to explore within. And now holding those two polarities, I find, like you said, very interesting. It's like, I might come in to do my quote unquote formal work, but in a less rigid way. Um, Whereas before it was like, man, didn't miss a set, didn't miss a day, didn't miss a session. Mm -hmm. Now it's much more of a framework where I do the work and I get it done, but I'm less attached to it. I'm less... um, uh, you know, beat myself up if I miss a few sets of this and I end up kind of exploring something else a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, um, so anyways, I think that that is, uh, that's true. It's like I had to, I I had and continue to let go into, uh, into this practice, which is very much exploring these polarities of, um, you know, for me, it was kind of more control and rigidity to now, you know, showing up in something like, like spinal work, or, um some of the movement quality work it's learning to be connected you know and to let go of some of that it's it's uh it's been a fascinating journey in that way
0: yeah i I agree I think that the the early days and I and I really you know if I'm being honest I don't think that this was like some sort something intentional I just think it was part of like an evolution yeah, just, right yeah, it, exactly. it was an evolution but to me it, it reminds me a lot of like um, Zen in the Art of Archery. I don't know if you've ever read it, but just the idea of like developing, uh, like you said, a discipline, but the discipline actually wasn't so much about being great at firing the arrow per se. Listen, this is what I'm just taking away from it.
2: Right, right. Um,
0: But it's the the resilience that the the mental practice that comes with being in a discipline, you know, and that's like the transferable skill. So it's like, you know, going through that and being like, oh, well, I'm going to do strength twice a day. I'm going to like, you know, live like a monk or whatever for a couple of years. Um, <laughs> there's there's something though coming out on the other side where there's like, oh, there is a different mental game that I feel like I can attack a lot of other things with or, any, or, or play other games with.
1: Yeah. And I think Ito referred to this long ago and I didn't really understand what he meant until um, until maybe more recently in the past few years, but he talks about climbing the ladder of memes, Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, essentially we go through our own development and what brought me into the practice is the development of certain skill, uh, skill sets. You know, initially it's like, okay, I want to do a one-arm handstand or one-arm chin or whatever. Um, and as you climb through it, you get to this point where I feel like I am truly, I can, a felt sense of, being more connected with what you're saying, which is a bigger view of the process versus being so connected to doesn't mean you can't still be connected to a skill, but you can um, you can express the skill. You can also do it expressively or artistically, but then you see it as a bigger connected process. And when you, you know, I think when you have a more macro view um, the day to day does matter, but at the same time, it doesn't matter. It's like, it's important, but maybe a little more um, loosely held, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I I agree. And I think that getting to that macro level is really challenging for people. I actually have found that there's a certain thing that kind of happens where people get so caught up on the micro that they like enter a practice like this, knowing that they're rigid physically and or mentally. And they're like, I want to challenge that. But they're so caught up on the micro or maybe it's the delivery process from the top down or just culturally how a lot of people tend to view things so they and I'm I'm drawing a circle for people who can't see it so you enter at the bottom and there's a dot here. I feel like I'm you with some of your um, Instagram posts you great great (laughs) images, so you can help me draw this so there's a dot at the bottom and that's like rigidity right and that's where you enter and you come around this full circle. And rather than like continuing on up into like some other realm, a lot of people almost come full circle back around to rigidity, but the rigidity is in what they've defined movement as. Right. Yeah. Right. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Or it's like, yeah, Oh, for sure. you, these are the things that make it movement. And then all of a sudden when something, someone exposes you to something that's obviously movement as well, but it's not what you've defined it as defined it as your rigidity stresses you out and makes you, all, you know, angry or anxious about like what is is happening because it's yeah a- trigger
1: trigger something to yeah yeah. I, that's that's an interesting thought. Um, you know, I I think of this practice as being a, a mirror. Anyway, it's like um, if, if you you know if you have a relationship with your practice or even a relationship with people in practice, it's gonna like pull up your shit. You know, I mean, it's gonna show you probably what you don't want to see. And that's one thing that I think initially uh, was difficult for me. And it's difficult for our culture, um, call it Western culture or whatever, but is um is taking some humility and being humbled by something and being okay with it. It's like mm-hmm. the the humility and the and being humble saying, oh, you know what, I'm not good at this. And I I I know that this is a direction that um, that I need to explore in my life and and um, you know instead of yeah coming back it's like okay mm-hmm. I'm coming back full circle but not necessarily in a more quote-unquote developed way I right. do it's like, think the- it's like
0: it's like you're rigid in your dogma or something right like you land on right. the other like yeah it's like you still come all the way back around to the beginning and as opposed to being like no 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 movement is about dealing with uncertainty movement is about like being okay with uh things changing you know to me change is like such a huge theme um as opposed to it always being the same and also you know not being attached to like you said skills or certain movements because those things can come and go you know yeah Um, yeah and
1: it's interesting to see how people do process that i mean I, i i think um you know I don't want to speak for Ito but I think there like you said some of it is um some of it just happened you know in terms of how he organized things and obviously he there's some curation as well um but it, I think it's showing it shows his own development along the way mm-hmm. and each of us have our own development and we enter we enter into the quote unquote cloud and then we come back out and re-enter and come back out and I think um I I think what's unique is how people enter into a practice like this and they, you know, what I at least find um, valuable for me in my own life is how I use movement as a lens for life itself. Like you're saying, it's like, um, how can, how can I use it to, you know, learn some of these principles and, and the byproduct is that I'm a, you know, as a biological organism that has to move I'm also getting that taken care of in the process mm-hmm. um and yeah it's it, it, everybody comes in at a different point and um you know I've, I've, I've got students that kind of came in with the process already it's like day one they already saw it you know mm-hmm. um and it, that's interesting too to 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 witness that so um yeah it's 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 uh I, I don't i think now i I'm, if you would ask me 4 years ago it may have been a little bit different but now i'm just like a little more like right uh, it is it is what it is like well, i don't I think really that, I, know that, well, what to say
0: about it well that, well that's the i think that's the better place to be you know what i mean yeah, like i yeah. actually think that like i've grown to a place where if someone says something to me with certainty i'm like i'm a little skeptical of that Right, you know i right. think that like having like the humility and the i don't knows are like really important places to exist and i i've come to respect that more in people that i'm learning things from um so yeah and and oftentimes when people th- talk about like what it is or what it isn't i i actually find that like some of the best things that to me capture a lot of like what what's happening are things that were written thousands of years ago. Like I've gotten in the habit of of reading like a lot of the old like yoga scriptures, like the yoga sutras and the Bhagavad Gita, although I'm probably saying that wrong, but like um, the things that they're talking about, like that to me really captures at the core, like what's happening.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I I agree too. I mean, there's just so much that's already, um, that's already there to be explored. I mean, I you know, you could argue philosophically it's already it is here. It's mm-hmm. it's here and um I think it can be revealed through this type of practice. Um and it's it's providing in some ways of some sort of framework for people to do that. Mm-hmm. Um you know it's like I think of people um because I, I put out some I I love just philosophical ideas and I could just Sit around and you know um, think about all these things all day long and talk about it. But you know, people come in; um, they come into the practice, and they they want and they 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 want and they really uh, admire some of the physical elements that are connected to it. But then deep down, there's also this um, this spiritual connection for lack of a better word or maybe self-knowing uh or self-learning that i think is missing you know and um a lot of these texts that you're talking about that's what they're getting at you know it's it's this referencing back to the self and to the to the individual um And yeah, again, I see the practice as a mirror for that. Well, that's that's what I, so
0: so I I think it was when I was reading the yoga sutras and whoever translated it gave their kind of like explanations of like what some of the sutras meant. And at one point it was talking about, you know, the mind and and meditation and then saying something like, you know, it all comes down to, to controlling the monkey mind. And then I was interviewing this girl, Elka Schroeder. I don't know if you know who she is. She lives up in Toronto. She teaches at a place called the Spirit Loft and then has her own uh, teaching practice as well. And she's been training with the, the, the Fighting Monkey crew for a long time. And she was like, oh, you know what Fighting Monkey means, right? And I said, no. And she says, Fighting the Monkey Mind. And I was just like, well, that's... That I just, I just read that like the other day and I wrote it <laughs> down being like, oh, that's beautiful. And, and, and hits the nail on the head. And she's like, well, that's, that's, that's the name. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. There's a, there's a, I, I really resonate with a lot of the um, just Eastern, you know uh, like even some of the more ambiguous, like Lao Tzu writings or like the Dao Te Ching, if you've mm-hmm. read any of that um, or looking into just even some Basic uh, Buddhist or Taoist principles. I mean, they're they're very they're very much rooted in um, what we're talking about, but also in connection to the natural world, which I feel like is something that uh, that's also missing. <laughs> you know, as I sit in a box in a big city,
0: I think about that so much. I, I think about that idea that, like, again, it almost is maybe it comes back to my little rigidity circle thing. But the idea that, like, you know, we often talk about this being like a, a generalist practice but then ultimately many people just become kind of specialized in this practice yeah in whatever form yeah. they're taking it when i am like well what does it mean to be like a human generalist or or i use the word wholeness or something where it's like you you can dabble in all the things of what it means to be a human you know whether it's physical or mental or emotional that like you can you've you walk through all of them yeah.
1: Yeah. I, 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 that resonates with me. I mean, I, what originally drew me into this work with Edo, um, was the movement piece. So interestingly enough, this, this other facility that we had back in 2007, we were, uh, very much connected to the local food community. And we started a, a, a local co-op. And from that, we actually ended up opening a little, uh, local food oriented store, you know bringing in raw milk and vegetables and you know eggs and all that sort of thing and it grew really fast in this kind of food arm and at that point even though you know we were called the movement dallas we were exploring this idea of movement is really connection of all things right it's connection of the the way that we think it's movement of our physiology of our biochemistry so you know, what I eat is a form of movement and then, um, you know, bodily physical movement and how these all connect holistically. And so these holistic principles, um, I felt like I was missing this movement element. It didn't feel like it was a a big process or a big connected, um, or connected or in alignment with some of the other like, uh, food principles and some of the other things that I was exploring, And so when I found Edo, I kind of then it like flipped and I, you know, I would say I like you, like you mentioned, really just went way, way into the movement, movement only thing um, and talking less about these other principles. And now I feel like that's where we're at with the space and, you know, where personally I'd I'd like to move things in terms of my own um, communication and education, which is into this life philosophy of how movement acts as a lens to inform these other life practices. So, um, you know, we're starting a little community garden here at the space. We, you know, are organizing regular uh, nature walks in in the future for for students. Um, We've got one of our students, it's a master naturalist. So having him kind of teach us about you know some of that um and then just reconnecting people um to yeah to these other ways or modes or practices of life that are that are inside of and alongside of uh, movement practice Mm -hmm. because it can be easy to be one-dimensional but broad you know but broad at the same time like you said a, a generalist and a specialist at the same time Mm-hmm. um, and kind of get lost in that.
0: Yeah. And I think that, that just, like, it's, it, that is seductive in this culture, because I think it's what people are, are, are used to doing, like being like, well, what do I need to do to like, put a, put a, identity on me like where's my jersey you know i need to quickly yeah yeah. choose a name for myself
1: well it's funny man you say that because in 2008 or so when i joined jumped on twitter Mm -hmm. um and it's and you know you're signing up and you're 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 face to face with that screen it's like hey what's your username you know what do you and i chose brian movement because you know that was my email address at my facility is brian at movement i'm like oh brian movement And now that's what it is like Instagram, all of this. And I'm kind of stuck with it. You know, Uh it's like, my name is super common, like your name, not as common. Uh So you can, you can have this thing that's you, whereas um, someone says Brian Johnson, and they think, Oh, lead singer for ACDC or (laughs) the, the, you know, 50 million other Brian Johnson's out there. But anyways, yeah, you're right. It's like uh, we, we pigeonhole, um, we pigeonhole ourselves in that, um, in that name or in that thing. Mm -hmm. And that's what people want to see. It's like, they don't want to see, and they don't want to hear me talk about what I'm eating or, you know, um, seeing me on some nature walk, talking about the plants or, you know, I mean, maybe some people would, but you know, you're, you're, you kind of get stuck in this, in this perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I, that's one thing I think that's a downside to just social media in general. You know, when I think of a platform like Instagram. I started it to document my movement practice with Edo. So I jumped on there long ago before I was working with him and just taking random pictures, you know, and then, you know, sending all those all those videos. in, I was like, you know, let me just start using some of these like for Instagram and so then it became this process of my journey, but no one ever sees that. Like nobody's, who's going to, who's going to scroll back, excuse me, who's going to scroll back five, six years and see. Yeah, may, the fact may, that yeah may,
0: like, may, may, Maybe in the early days of Instagram, I think people yeah. were doing a little bit more of that. And now it's just like, it's, it's no. boom, 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 boom. And so boom. they don't,
1: they, you know, it's, there's a disconnection with process. It's like, Oh, you don't see that, you know, five years ago, I couldn't even straighten my arms in a handstand or, you know, I couldn't, you know, do a, a decent resting squad or whatever. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's it just assumed that this is either this person's talented or this came out of a gate or he was a gymnast or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's do, the, you, yeah, it's a, it's a problem with that, I think.
0: You, you do you do have some uh, some good dimensions on your side, though, in terms of like you've got some wonderful arm length and leg length yeah. In, a di- in a different life you could have been like an um like a gold medalist like olympic weightlifter
1: probably a deadlifter or something like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah squat it's funny squat and deadlift i was always really strong at bench not so much
0: <laughs> yeah. so
1: you know it, it definitely uh some of the proportions do work out it's funny too that's probably one of the most common ques as a matter of fact yesterday some guys like hey i'm 6 foot whatever and I'm having a hard time with the staller how tall are you <laughs> I hate those questions I'm like well uh, I'm no shorter than five, eight and no taller than six, two. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> go, go check out Roy gold or some of these other people and know that it's possible. Right. Um, but yeah, there's definitely no doubt leverage advantages and, you know, these things that pop up that, um, it's like inside of the practice, even the different containers, you know, it's like, uh, some of the floor rolls for me are difficult where, cause my legs are maybe shorter torso longer, but then you know, maybe a planche is easier, for example. So it all kind of averages out, you know, yeah. just like yeah. law of averages. Everybody has
0: their like give and take a little bit.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I, I,
0: I, I think the most recent time that I, that you and I crossed paths, even though we didn't get to chat was actually, I think probably in like May or June, maybe yeah. July, because you did um, some of Tom Wexler's um, online classes that he was doing. Um, yeah. What, and,
1: was that, Oh yeah. You were there this, this past. Yeah. I tried a few of those just to kind of connect with him. Cause I've seen this guy from way back in the day too. And I'm like, huh, oh, let me, let me check this out and just kind of see, you know, yeah. see what's, see what's being explored here.
0: I, I thought of it because you had mentioned this artistry element and like creative expression and stuff. And to me, that was like why I've spent more time observing what he's doing and his Approach to it because I'm really interested in in creative expression. So, how did you end up taking that class, or what, or, or and and maybe like what were some of the the takeaways that that you got from that?
1: Yeah, um, and that's something that I realize is a hindrance for me uh, in terms of finding finding the connection to express. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, um, allowing that to happen, I guess, um, and not being so form, formal, maybe. Um, but so I think I just saw him post and that was during the time where, you know, there it's just there's so much out there right now, you know, in terms of grabbing at people's attention. And he was one of those guys that, you know, he had been, all over teaching is, I think, at, at the time, you know, a couple of years ago, is the movement archery stuff. And um, just curious about, I know, I, I think, I don't want to, you know, put words in anyone's mouth, but I think he also um, used to practice with Ito way back in the day, maybe on Capoeira, um, mm-hmm. coming from that background. And so I, I just wanted to see, okay, what's this guy doing? Um, and it, uh, it is a, it's a completely different lens to view, practice and process. Um, and I, I only, I think I only took maybe three of the classes cause I had reached out to them and some of the times didn't work out. Um, and, you know, it was interesting to see how I was taught. I'm always curious how people are teaching things just even the way that they carry themselves and present the information. Um, and then I was also, um interested in my own reception of the material like meaning how do i process this thing that's like completely new as a class where most of my practice is through programming and it's from it's it's new and then it's made more familiar and then it's new again and made more familiar whereas this is completely new mm-hmm. um and i like putting myself in those situations occasionally as often as I can, but with their current situation is, is occasional as, as it's come up occasionally where I've met up with a couple of different teachers. Um, and I'm also referencing how it can connect into this process. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what type of material does this connect with? And, um, it's interesting. I, I, you know, one of the things, I guess, one of the takeaways for me was that I need to do that more often. I need mm-hmm. to, you know, kind of branch out and just like explore a little bit. And then, um, and then, and then it made me realize that there are different dimensions of practice and people have their lens on one dimension. And what I mean by that is, not that he's a one dimensional guy in any ways, very, um, very much an excellent teacher and the way he presented it, but his, the dimension was in this creative space, at mm-hmm. least for that class. Mm-hmm. And so that's all, only have three classes to go off of. And so it was interesting to explore from that dimension. Mm-hmm. So, you know, instead of coming at it from a, um, like, hey, a byproduct of this is that you're going to get six-pack abs or, you know, a byproduct of this is that you're going to have a higher jump. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was purely imaginative and creative. Mm-hmm. And so that I thought would was an interesting thing to take back into my own practice. It's like, okay, how can I um, look at it from this one dimension only mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then look at it from these other Kind of um layers i guess so to speak and one of the things that i realized is that i don't know i really don't know jack about that dimension so <laughs> um whether we call it like dance or creative expression um the lack of imagination on my end was pretty astonishing mm-hmm. and so um i did like some of the imaginative drills and things that he brought up that also seem to be related, which you, I know, have a background in and maybe could speak more on, but um, seem to be also related to like um, improv and and theater. And, um, you know, I mean, it's all connected in in, in that art form, but uh, and that, it and, was and interesting that, to see.
0: And, and that's what I love about it. And it's almost, it's so funny. It's almost like I had to like get all the way to like doing movement and then eventually doing some workshops with Tom and now doing a little bit more of like a, a, an intimate ongoing education process with him to realize what all the all the theater games we were playing back in college meant like what right. like what we were doing at the time it was just someone playing a bongo and us crawling around on the ground and like pretending to be animals
1: right, um, right. and it,
0: and it was fun at 18 you're like i'm having a great time yeah i'm but sure I, yeah but nobody's telling me like what we're doing we're just doing things and it's fine and sometimes you don't need to be told but i came to the realization on my own that like these are all opportunities to make discoveries you know right. like like these are all just like vehicles for for discovery and you know the m- the more discoveries we make the more information we have and the more information we have the better predictions we can make with yeah. different scenarios in the future whereas not that we're not learning new information with programming because we are but it's but it's limited to the the like the one route or like the one movement or the one thing like the information is complex and interesting, but it's, 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 I don't know, narrow or something. I don't know how sure. else to say it.
1: Yeah. It, it, it kind of does remind me too what we were talking about earlier in this formal and exploratory thing, because I also, I do think there is on the flip side, there's an issue with this mm-hmm. and, you know, here you and I can, um, and I'm not sure. So do you still work with Edo? Like what's your, no, I stopped, what's doing, your...
0: I stopped doing online coaching back at like the beginning of the pandemic. Okay. For for numerous reasons, Sure. part of it being pandemic, part of it just being evolution and, and preparation for change. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: so I, I do think there's this interesting thing where like you and I can talk about this and some of, some of the people that have um, more experience in this type of practice can talk about it. But, um, and as teachers, we can talk about it because I see it and it is, you know, this, this path that I think we all go through, which is, First, uh, exploring novelty, and mm-hmm. through novelty, we, um, you know, we try something new, and it becomes the next directive for what the formality is. Mm-hmm. So I need to have novel to inform the new, but for most people, it's all novel, and so you never actually build any sort of framework, and so. Um, I occasionally will pop in and, you know, okay, I did this thing with Tom. I did a little thing with a Cirque, uh, a Cirque performer, an acrobat. I wanted to kind of see what she was doing, Mm -hmm. but, but then quickly I'm like, I I pull back a little bit because, um, you know, and maybe it's an, I don't know. I, I, I still, I trust this process that I'm in with Edo, um, so much so that, um, that I haven't felt the need for a new directive.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, but at the same time, I like these little exploratory kind of spurts to maybe give me, like you're saying, some of this different information and then take it back into a formal thing. Um, but anyways, what, what I was getting at too is that with just current, uh, the current theme, especially now that even now more is online and everybody's teaching something is that it can be a little bit too chaotic for people and mm-hmm. you know atten- attention is the commodity right it's like everybody is selling attention they they want to or they want to grab your attention and so um i think we live in a time where it can be hard to actually trust any sort of process, whether it's with Edo, with Tom, with, you know, me or you or anyone else. And, um, and to know when to like, jump into some sort of formality. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for you, it's like you, it sounds like you went through that, or you had your CrossFit, you went through the Edo, then now you've kind of got the new exploration of this other stuff in your you're finding something to kind of latch into.
0: Yeah. I also find that like, I I was saying this to my wife last night that like, I, I, I have the ability to like self-sabotage myself and I don't mean it always in a bad way, but I think it's often because I I'm like, um, and I think a lot of us are are rebels. I think if you're doing movement and you're, and you're teaching movement, like you're a rebel and you're a heretic
1: <laughs> inherently
0: in some way, Sure, but I've, Coming from, like, an artistic background, especially, like, you know, I did I did stand-up comedy for, like, 10 years. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. And that's, like, a real subculture of Rebels. Like, there's Rebels, sure. and then there's, like, Rebels within Rebels, and then below that is, like, stand-up comics. <laughs> especially that's the people awesome. who stick yeah. with it for a decade. So I find that I get really, like, I really want to, like, break away once I start feeling too much of like a status quo being built around me.
2: Mm. And
0: I'm like, I need to challenge that in some way. And I, and, and for me, again, like having some sort of artistic background, especially an artistic background, that's really built around personal expression that I was like craving that. I was like, where, how do I do what I'm doing now and express myself creatively? And that, that's really what I wanted. It had nothing to do with like being unsatisfied with like what could come out of online coaching. It was more just like, now I need to like express myself. Right. You know, like I need to turn on like rage against the machine and watch <laughs> Jim Carrey movies and like, let like me come out. Um, and that's what was like for me really a big driving force and being like, all right, let's like, let's break this sculpture a little bit and see like what I can build out of it.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I, I admire that. Cause I, I probably am oriented the opposite, which is, um, I can tend to, to, to sink into formality to the point to where, you know, I, the way that I see it, um, at least, at, or the way that I've experienced it is, um, and I even kind of shared this recently in, in some form text, but, you know, seeing practice and formal practice as paradoxically where we find that, you know, and this is, one of the things that um, is really interesting as you go deeper and something that I encourage our students to kind of investigate, which is, um, yeah, it's a paradox that the thing that you're doing every day also has within it, the freedom for you to find something that's opposite of that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's where this exploration of polarities comes in, which is what I think the practice is. It's like, okay, I'm strong and I'm weak, or I'm soft and I'm hard, or I'm, you know, um, short and tall. I wish I could you know, <laughs> figure that one out, but you know, there, there's this, there's this expression through the, through the formal that we find the new. And this is the, the, the idea of consistent practice. I'm, I'm very much, a not a discipline cause I, I don't, um, you know, I'm not overly rigid about it, but I do think consistency and having that formality is is where um, where the newness can be sought outside of having to then go look for it somewhere else. Because I, I do think, for me, um, there have been times where I'm missing something that's already here, and so I think that it's out there, but it's already it's already. It's already available, and and that's kind of this too. Like when you look into some of the different you know texts related to um, different Buddhist practice, or there's all kinds of teachings that um, refer to this kind of non-dual aspect of of who and what we are. But this idea that like you know it, it's already here. It is here. It's just a matter of seeing it. And I think you know maybe an argument is that some people do need to go out to see it and some people need to realize that it is already already within or within a a framework or within a a practice Mm -hmm. so but yeah i I think i'm very much maybe the opposite it's like i'm just gonna stay here for a while and not that it's comfortable but that um that i feel like i the deeper i go the more i see you know Mm -hmm. it's like uh i don't know seems, seems a little quirky.
0: No, sometimes I, I see it's, it's so funny. I feel like it's so easy to like, because I think everybody does it where it's like, they, they hear someone else's like way of approaching and they're like, I wish I could do that. So <laughs> hearing you, hearing you talk about it, I'm like, I, I, I see that. And I, and I, and I, in and, and there's part of me that's like, oh, I, I wish I had that in myself. Kind of maybe on the other side, you're almost looking to be like, oh, like, I see how that thing he's doing is like, Interesting as sure, well. Sure. Um, so I, I really admire that that way of being. Cause like I said, like like it as I, and as I said to my wife, I'm like, oh, like there's a little bit of self-sabotaging to like exist in this way a little bit. <laughs> well, you know?
1: you know, I think I think too it's interesting because what we're talking about is um being able to to bridge that space and to have access to both. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like um Uh, I, you know, I need the, I need the formal digging in and I need the exploration and for each person, I think that's, uh, it's just expressed differently. You know, it's like, it's like we said in the beginning of the call, don't, I don't see it as like, um, better, worse, you know, different, whatever. It's just, uh, it's so interesting how we all come to this with a, a, a unique perspective. Mm -hmm. you know, in life in general, I find it extremely fascinating. Um, and, and the, 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 I I posted this yesterday because these, these paradoxes come up all the time, but the, the fact is that like a movement practice means nothing and everything all at the same time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll find myself in a practice, let's say I'm doing floor work, which I'm exploring more right now. it's like, God, this is, what am I doing? You know, but at the same time, I'm, Doing everything. it's like everything is here, but nothing is here. and And I think going back to some of that Eastern wisdom that you're talking about, where they do talk about a lot of these things, it can be helpful because, you know, the reality is we don't know. like we right. don't there's nothing that we can hold on to. and um, Yeah. I, again, I'm not really going any, anywhere. (laughs) But but no, but it's, it's making
0: me think of this thing. And, and so I, I interviewed a Yosef Frusek who he and Linda developed fighting monkey. Right. And I said to him, I was like, you know, I took one of your workshops and what I, one of my takeaways was that a lot of the material is not, you know, people go and take a lot of workshops and they get caught up on like the content.
1: Right.
0: And I was like, you know i might be wrong but like i get the impression that like it's not about the content like it's actually about the message behind the content the content is just a vehicle for Absolutely. like the the, yeah. the, the the bigger message and i think that that's an important thing to 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 embrace and when i think of like the the eastern philosophies and and things i've read about zen buddhists and, and you know zen masters and things like that it's like you know people show up there and they want to learn something and they're like i have nothing to teach you
1: uh, yeah absolutely. right it's
0: like it's, uh, and it's as you're saying it's like it's already there right. they're just creating challenges and vehicles to make those discoveries
1: yeah or right? or yeah the student is projecting it onto the teacher or yeah and i think about that with ito's work it's like um it's beautiful. The process and the way that it's put together is very, um, very much, you know, something to speak highly of and to cherish, but at the same time, there's not, it's, it's, it's not about that. You know, I mean, I think you have to go through that to realize it, but it's for me, it's not about, um, you know, being able to do some floor flow sequence. Um, So I don't, and, and 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 he's he's alluded to this and you're talking about it now but it's that that idea that when you find a good teacher trust them no matter what they're teaching and it the, the contents meaningless the content of the work in the programming is meaningless but it's also full of meaning and you have to find that you've got to scratch and dig and um and you know for whatever reason certain people resonate with um, certain styles and certain teachers and certain, but I, I also, I truly believe in my own experience that there are very few really good teachers out there. I don't, um, and I'm not just saying like someone that can teach a handstand. I'm, I'm saying somebody that is teaching you something regardless of the content. I just Mm -hmm. don't, I don't, I mean, they're out there, but they're probably not floating around so much on Instagram, you know. I mean, it's it's uh, it's hard to find these people. Well, because
0: uh, I think the things that are like really worth teaching, the important things, are probably not that Instagrammable.
1: You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, that's man, and that is uh, God. That's the truth. That's like. There, there's like your next post right there. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it does seem I to mean, be that
0: like the most important stuff, like the, the, the shit that really is like the rich stuff, like nobody's yeah. going to like it on Instagram in a photo at least.
1: Well, yeah, because <laughs> the reality is it is the practice and it's the it's the work. I mean, the work is the teacher. You know, it's like the, the, there's people like Johnny and Odelia and and Ito and all the all the, you know, involvement with his group that are teaching elements, but these are not things I've learned from Ito, right? It's like, he never taught me how to think about, you know, um, how this reflects into my life, or, you know, I'm not in his inner circle. I was never a mentorship student. Mm-hmm. I essentially get the program and I do the work. Mm-hmm. And the it's almost like the programming itself has carved out the teachings and, you know, they're there for me to reference and to pull out, um, pull out myself and my own exploration. And they're probably going to be different for everybody, but, um, it wasn't like, Hey, here's the, and, and I don't think that is the case for anything. It's like, I mean, look at, like, you know, um, look at all the, the, teacher the ancient teachers of time you know whether it's G- jesus or buddha or you know any of these great teachers really were you know showing they were they were showing a way for people to follow and define in their own lives you know so I, yeah i don't again it goes back to what you said it's not the content um but in some ways it is
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know <laughs> it's weird yeah. i don't Right. But uh, I, and I,
0: I, think I use the word content just because it's like, it's the word, it's yeah. the word of the time. You know what I mean? It's always yeah. about like, what content is on what platform, you know, con- content is everything. And I, and I'm just growing to feel like content is, is, is actually very little, you yeah. know what I mean? It, well, and, it,
1: con- and it reminds me too of that idea of like, information data information knowledge wisdom Mm -hmm. so it's like there's a lot of data and information out there but who cares like anyone can go down the street and learn how to do a handstand Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um but you know what what does that mean and maybe for somebody it means everything at the time like i know when i learned a handstand i was like damn this is this is the holy grail you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but who am i to say that that's not enough for them or you know um that that's not a part of their a valid part of their own process or that where where i am is any better different you know mm-hmm. and that's the yeah that's the, the the weird slippery slope of this it's a, like you um in some ways you you find a teacher hopefully and you also find it on your own mm-hmm. and um And that comes with doing, as you know, (laughs) it comes comes with doing a lot of work.
0: Well, I mean, that's, you know, and again, like, you know, like to continue to go back to like old scriptures, although, you know, if things have lasted thousands and thousands of years, it's probably the good stuff. Um, But so much of them always also come back to like many of the same ideas, but often they return to like, none of these words actually matter. Like the reading and absorbing knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's, it's about the experience and it's about like, right. you know, being out there and like living and feeling and, and knowing what that's like in your nervous system, not just like what I'm telling you it is or something.
2: Sure.
0: Um, and yeah, that's, and, and, and that's an important piece. I think that people sometimes get distracted from. They're like, Oh, well I've read so much or I've watched so much. And it's like, well, there are plenty of people who can't read or write about the thing or explain it in any verbal way, but can like show you things or take you into places that are really the important directions without having, without being able to explain it in in a technical way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do think, um, it's like, I feel like part of my skill set is trying to, trying to capture both in some ways, Mm. you know, it's like trying to capture, it seems somewhat of an art form and just taking, whether it's, you know, having a, a exercise physiologist background, having that as a lens, having the, you know, the nutritional element as a lens, having the anatomical lens, having the movement lens, having the philosophical lens and putting these all through some sort of filter that, um, that can communicate enough to get somebody practicing. And then when they're practicing have pointers to, you know, to their own development. So, you know, in, uh, Buddhism, they call it pointing out instructions or in Dzogchen, which is a a teaching inside of Tibetan Buddhism, but they point out to true nature. And so, you know, I think of it very, very similarly in a, in a movement context, it's, um, okay, you're doing, you're doing a handstand. Have you thought about, um, not only this physical cue, but have you thought about the fact that when you're first learning the handstand, you can't think about anything else. And then once you have the handstand, you can think about everything else. Mm. And there's something there that like, you know, that then takes them into a different, a different layer of being, and you can do this with anything, right? It's like, there's a million of these little pointing out instructions that, um, help them see not only their own nature and their own development, but also see differently. Cause I, again, I, I go back to, um, practices, this ongoing uncovering of who we are and becoming more of what we, what we are,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, in that, in that process. And so, you know, guys like us, we're getting, you know, <laughs> I think of the, the fact that like I'm so lucky to be able to continue to teach people some of the things that I've learned, while also still learning about myself, mm. you know, and it's like such a beautiful thing to be able to do that, and I I really do cherish and um, and and take very uh, seriously this role of teacher because I have to it, it lights a fire under me to continue developing myself in a certain direction. And so um, so anyways, I, I these these little gems and nuggets are everywhere mm-hmm. and they uh, they inform us and inform life and practice. And um, going back to what you said a minute ago, that's, you know, why I like to think about at least what we're doing here as a more it's, it's a movement oriented approach mm-hmm. to life and not a movement life. So it's, it's movement is the orientation that then refers all of these other life practices for me to inquire into, whether it's how I feed myself, how that affects my environment, my local ecology and the global ecology, um, what, you know, what and how I, how I um, communicate to other people, you know, what that relationship is and working on myself in that relationship to be a better person for that relationship and then um thinking about also my you know um larger community and how i connect to that community and this all can happen through a movement orientation Mm -hmm. and so that's the way it's like some people do that through comedy Mm -hmm. some people do that through uh theater some people do that through Um, you know, maybe some type of CrossFit or, um, but I do think this holistic ethos is important. It's like, you know, maybe comedy doesn't force me to think about how I eat, you know, but movement does, if I do want to stay in the game, right. It's like, I can't, um, just trash my body or, you know, maybe, um, maybe CrossFit doesn't force me to, and I, again, I'm not picking on any particular, I'm just using it as an example that um, you can do all those things and have a holistic view, or in this case, movement is gonna force you into that view. Mm -hmm. If you're not, if you're not, it's gonna break you. And we Mm -hmm. see it all the time. It's like people don't take care of themselves. They don't sleep well, they don't eat well, but they move their body three hours a day and it only lasts so long, you know? Mm. So, um, so anyways, I do think this, this orientation can teach us more about these life principles and how to essentially take care of ourselves and continue <laughs> repeat, yeah, well, it's, repeat, repeat. Well, it's, well,
0: it's kind of like, um, you're almost saying that like movement does a good job of like shining, like a magnifying glass over, yeah. over yourself.
1: Yeah. And I think about this too, I'm 40. So, you mm-hmm. know, I, I'm not 20, you know, whenever I started the practice, I was 33, um, I'm not 23. Uh, so, you know, I, I, it takes all of that for me to continue to practice. Mm-hmm. And for me, practice is where I feel this deep sense of connection with myself. And it's where I get a lot of this, uh, material for continuing to develop myself. Um, but if I didn't do the other parts, if I didn't take care of my sleep, if I didn't have, healthy relationships, if I didn't eat well, and I didn't think about how those extended outward, then um, either I might not be here now, or I might not be able to do this later and continue to explore. And I'm sure it'll continue to look different. Mm -hmm. But, um, but, you know, it's, I feel like the foundation to being able to explore anything is having a foundation in these, in these kind of life principles, because, you know, at the end of the day, in, in order for me to creatively explore, or do anything, I need energy. I need, um, you know, I need to, without again, having a cost, there are plenty of artistic and creative people that maybe were one dimensional and did some amazing things, but were just a wreck. You know, they died at 40, they had one ear, they, you know, whatever. <laughs> and that's great. We like kind of cherish and lift these people up but that's also not most people. And I I also think that there's this development across the whole that is um, valuable and, and I'm a little bit ranting right now, but um, valuable and necessary for our current society. I mean, you know, we've got, we face a lot of issues and whether it's ecological or personal individual. And um, yeah, I think, you know, in order to, you know, be a part of the solution or be a part of, um, uh, helping out with some of this stuff, it requires this whole perspective. Um, Again,
0: again, things that like, uh, old scriptures and like Eastern philosophy has been talking about for a really long time. (laughs) It's probably not
1: going to change in our lifetime. No,
0: it's like all the things that are like causing the problems, like have been like, in some ways forewarned being like, Oh, you should be selfless. You should be like, you know realizing you're like a part of like the whole thing not something separate looking at, you know looking at it through a window you know and i and think it's, it's all-
1: interesting too to have that as a felt sense you know and i think maybe this is arguably why a lot of people venture into psychedelics and all the plant medicines and whatnot now is because there is a desire for that to be felt
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know it's like it's like we can say it it's like mm-hmm. i can talk about compassion But damn, I don't feel compassionate. You know, I get that. It's like I get that compassion is a great thing or selflessness. But how do I how do I actually feel it? And again, I'm going to refer back to movement practice. But I do think you know this connection, this felt sense, can be honed. It's like it's practice. You know, it has to be practice. It, It doesn't just like turn on and one day you, you know, have maybe it does for a very few number of people, but all of a sudden you're just this most selfless and compassionate person on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, it, it has been spoken about, but it's not um I don't think it's an easy path, which is maybe well, because, others.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean a lot of people would argue that like we live in like a society that doesn't have any culture and mm-hmm. that that can be like the big problem. And we have like a a distorted view of what the word freedom means. Yeah. You know? And we, we, we've like, you know, turned it into this thing where it's like, you know, hyper individualized freedom. I do what I want, when I want, how I want. Um, completely disregarding like the fact that we do have to obey the laws of nature. Right. And and there's a certain amount of obeying that belongs. And I'm stealing that from this book I read called Die Wise. Um, which I was going to suggest to you in the beginning when you were talking a little bit about death and things like that. But um, he talks about that, that like, we, we do need to obey, you know, and yeah. and, and it's almost like this challenging of the obedience that has brought along a, many of the issues that we're, we're, we're currently living through.
1: Yeah. I think an interesting, uh, maybe not quite along that vein, but an interesting, um, uh, <laughs> view on, not an interesting, a beautiful, is I think it's beautiful and quirky and goofy and crazy, but Duncan Trussell, the comedian, you're comedian. I don't know if you yeah. know Duncan Trussell, but he's got a show on Netflix called Midnight Gospel. Uh-huh. And season one, episode eight, it's about 25 minutes. It's an adult cartoon. Mm-hmm. And it's just the most crazy psychedelic thing you've ever seen. But it's also beautifully articulated what you're saying, this kind of process that we all go through and that we we deny it you know it's like we want to hold on and i i saw a thing recently and and it was a little bit i think slanted but basically this whole conspiracy and i'm not a conspiracy theorist but this idea that in some ways this cultural change that let's say happened since the late 20s early 30s was initiated in some ways by some of the writings and perspectives that Carl Jung had and got reflected into our culture. And it really um, expressed itself in this hyper individualism, which is um, also then built built on the back of consumerism and, you know, uh, things and material possessions and kind of like um, kind of like this almost intangible thing, like you can never actually grab it or have it. Um, but you try to, it's like, you try to fill this void. Um, and yeah, I think, uh, I think in that, what at least I feel like you're saying is something related to freedom and that freedom is not the ability to, at least in my view, it's not the ability to have endless choices Mm -hmm. and it's the choices that paradoxically, uh, frees us up you know it's the choices that um, that that uh, that you know keep us um paralyzed it's like the the paradox of choice is that you're paralyzed by analysis of it right it's mm-hmm. like there are too many things um and I think there's something to be said about that in the current we' we're talking about social media earlier in the current social media craze of grabbing attention because um, there are too many choices out there for people. I mean, it's like, look at how many now, like since in 2013 and now how many more movement opportunities there are just speaking in this one track. um, I think people become paralyzed. There's their attention. It's like we're ADD culture and it's like, oh, well, where do, where do I go? Which one do I choose? And it can be really hard to root down. It's like it requires extra attention and extra focus to root down into something, anything, <laughs> anything, mm-hmm. a book. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I do think, like you said, this idea of culture or lack of culture is an expression of who we are so mm-hmm. culture you know culture is us it's the as above so below we've created this thing yeah. you know it's like whoever's president or whatever's going on in the world was created by us mm-hmm. and i think it's easy to forget that you know it's like i want it to be different but also at the same time i want it to be what it is and anyway mm-hmm. no, <laughs> like go
0: i i think i think i think you're hitting the nail on the head i mean it's like it's 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 yeah it's 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 what I'm, it's what I'm saying. And it's, a, it's all the issues, but I think that you going that step further and being like, Oh, but what we are living through is an expression of us as much as we are an expression of it. Yeah. You know, it's almost absolutely. like a sort of weird perpetual motion machine.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's the, uh, I can't remember who said it, but it was like another one of those long ago, which was the as above, so below. And, um, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a universal principle that can be applied to anything um you know the way that i think it affects my physiology um the way that i eat it affects my physiology the way that i move um and then that also bi-directionally gets a f- gets um displayed as culture or gets put out to be culture um i mean look at movement culture right it's like um a lot of the things then you know that a lot of the things that were created then initially when ito kind of came up with this term um it's become its own thing you know that was also created by the culture Mm -hmm. that didn't really know we don't really know what we want you know and Mm so it becomes this like array of everything you know Mm -hmm. it's it's a it's weird man i mean it's it's probably not worth a rabbit hole a rabbit hole adventure but um But I do think, uh, like you said, it is interesting to think about how we, we have we've created this. Like it is part of our own expression.
0: Yeah, and 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 we continue to like go further into this like lack of obedience thing. You know, I I I think about it like like walking around here and seeing like all the squirrels and stuff. I'm like, they're arguably more free than we are, but they're very obedient to like certain laws of nature, like whether it's like the seasons changing or like the way they move knowing that they're predators and, and there's, um, a respect almost like to like the collaboration that they're having with like the world, you know? Yeah. And this is
1: the, I think you're too talking about this argument of, um, like free will in some ways. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm definitely no scholar in this or expert. Um, I've heard some people much smarter than me talk about it but like does a squirrel have free will for example or is it just automatic programming you know is it like bury the bury the acorn you know <laughs> chase chase the whatever right. you know um and some people would argue that at a weird stage we also don't we're, we're we're referring to old programming or conditioning or habits and that there's little free will and that's the paradox of choice is that um, we think we have this freedom to choose, but we've already chosen and we also haven't chosen at the same time.
2: Mm.
1: Um, so yeah, it's a really, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thought because this also has come up in my movement practice. Mm. There are times where it's like, uh, am I just automaton today or is anybody, <laughs> is anybody in there or right. am I, um, you know, am I, am I choosing this? Like, Mm -hmm. am I even choosing to do this right now? And Mm -hmm. there are some times where it doesn't feel like a choice. And some people would say, that's great. Like it should, it should be choiceless. Mm -hmm. You know um, this, this idea of choicelessness being um, freedom, like you said, because Mm -hmm. now I don't have to choose. Mm
2: -hmm. It's
1: already, it's like, it's, it's, it's already happening. And, and I think, not to go too far down this hole either but i think it's interesting when you think of personal development along those same lines of thinking it's like is the person actually developing themselves or did these things just fall into place as a part of their you know kind of unfolding it's like right. if a if an acorn turns into a tree does a human just naturally kind of through certain experience it's like is there already something that's being
0: developed into it's interesting i mean first i would say with regard to free will i think that um the sam harris book the free will book i think is pretty interesting Mm -hmm. it's a really short little read but i'm reading this feldenkrais book right now and kind of talking about like what you're close to is just the idea that like (laughs) the more intelligent the creature is or, or specifically mammals i guess the more learning they require, right? Mm. So, like the the further down and like the intelligence chain, the less learning they demand. So, like there are certain animals that are like, like a it's mountain, more
1: reptilian, yeah. yeah,
0: like a mountain goat is born and immediately knows how to balance and like walk on the edge of a mountain. You know yeah. what I mean? But as you start moving up the ladder, like the, the 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 animals need a little bit more of handholding from their like relatives or their ancestors or their parents to help teach them the things that help them navigate. And as the animals highest up, the human beings, we actually re- require the most learning.
1: I mean, it takes, what, nine to 12 months to learn to walk. You right. know, some animals come right, right yeah. out of the gate.
0: And, I, and maybe I misread this, but he said something in this book, basically that like, if we didn't have the guidance, we wouldn't actually learn how to walk. Like we re- we even need to learn learn how to walk just from like watching people. Mm you know, that yeah. the only thing that we're like born that we can do is be prepared to fall. Like mm-hmm. the thing, the one thing that's like programmed in us to do movement wise, I guess, um, is if we start to fall that we like round and bring our chins forward to like, try to like protect our organs and protect our head. And they, they and he was saying something like, oh, it's, it's because we're, you know, so closely connected to monkeys and like, you know, baby monkeys would have been in trees and they would have been falling from trees or potentially falling. So like that needed to be like ingrained from the beginning. That's Um, interesting.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think about what keeps coming up is this idea of plasticity. I mean, maybe, maybe arguably it's like, we're the most quote unquote plastic of mm -hmm. all the, of all the animals in the sense that we can change and adapt and, and we're the most general, you know, generalized. Well, that's what he said. He was, he was just like,
0: just, he was just like, just think of all the things that human beings are capable of, ranging yeah. from like playing music to dancing to doing a sport, and then maybe another direction would be like mathematics, and then coming back the other way, like to poetry, like yeah. all like the vast and, this is, and and all of it is learned. No one can be born with it. Nobody like like the mountain goat that learns how to balance up on the mountain. Like we don't, we're not born with that kind of skill. We have well to-
1: that's yeah man it's fascinating. So I'm a huge fan of Jiddu Krishnamurti if you're familiar with him.
2: Mm. Uh
1: he's it sounds he sounds very like this guru eastern robes and all that. He was just a, he was a, a normal abnormal dude. Talk about mm. a heretic. Um this guy he he was I think born in the late 1800s died in the 80s. Um, but anyways, one of the things that's fascinating that he talks about that other you know, traditional cultures have talked about is this idea of knowing, which is what you're, you're, you're kind of talking about, knowledge and skill. And it can be anything from language to, to knowing how to do a handstand and that being separated from this intelligence that is apart from all of that. And I think this exploration, again, it's a paradox, but is there a part of us that doesn't rely on any of that? Are that,
0: Are you talking like then like about this like idea or this thing that like, you know, again, that's written in all these, these scriptures about like the true self or like the Atman or something like the self that's like, that that's everywhere.
1: Yeah, so it'd be this idea of timeless, you know, a timeless self or mm. a timeless uh a timeless source. Mm-hmm. Cuz if, you know, um if thinking and knowledge and skill acquisition is based in time, then there's also arguably a timeless component that we can connect with. And um, you know, it I think it that's just as interesting to me to think about this um finite knowing or accumulation of knowledge, but also this infinite connection to something that is not related to time, space or knowing.
2: Mm.
1: It's like um, it's like a it, there's a knowing, there's a felt sense or a connection, but it's not based on me or time or some sort of acquisition of meditation hours. <laughs> right. you know, it's it's uh, it's already there. And it's it's
0: it's 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 like the thing that the squirrels know that they but they don't know it
1: exactly. And it's exactly. the thing that
0: we know is there, but like we actually have to like work or go through processes or 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 spend time or or investment or whatever it is to get glimpses.
1: Well, and that's, yeah, exactly. I think glimpses is a great way to think about it. And I, that's kind of what I was referring to with the movement practice being it's there and available. It's the same kind of thing. It's like, um, there there's knowledge and skill that has to be developed and acquired on one hand, on the other hand, it's, there's something already there, Mm -hmm. um, to, to, to not even, uh it doesn't it's not something that has to be developed it's almost like it has to be something has to be taken away
2: Mm -hmm.
1: um or i i don't know really how to articulate it but it's reminding me of this thing when you're (laughs) when you're talking about um you know just uh this plasticity and the fact that humans as generalists and we we build and we acquire and i'm just as interested in what is not uh what is already there without acquiring it's like there's two these two facets that i think are are worthy to explore
0: well that's what and and those and and there's and and that layer is so complex and so rich that like when i when i read about it it's like it's it's so complex that it can only be talked about in like poetry or story yeah and to me that's when i realized that i'm reading or i'm learning about something that's like really rich
1: well it's yeah like it can only be talked
0: to when it can only be talked about in story form that's when you're like well now it's some serious complexity like
1: a like a like a roomy poem or something yeah Yeah. and that's like one of the verses it might be the first verse of the Tao Te Ching which is the the Tao that can be spoken or named is not the Tao right it's like you're saying the word is not the thing like that sort of context but um but yeah man I, I I I uh I think this uh, this also this line of thinking or this line of development and plasticity and, and how we acquire new things. It's one thing that refers me back to movement. And you may have had the opportunity to explore because I know you've been to some movement camps before, but um, I think it's something that was explored when Steven Jepson came. Mm-hmm. or the, the the you know the the old guy that does all yeah the i
0: I wasn't i wasn't there but he was like he you know the the old guy i think he's like the he's the, just like the, doing the, all the, these the, different the, the man the man who never grew up or something or like stayed yeah on the never the playground yeah yeah mm-hmm.
1: but this idea that i i do wonder if a lot of the issues that we face now with the mind or the brain i should say in the nervous system are related to our lack of plasticity as we as we age and as we as we move through life, mm-hmm. you know, we become more like you were saying earlier, mechanistic. We continue to do the same thing. We specialize in our even in our own lives, whether it's a a, a specialized generalist or something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and if part of that, we lose this uh, this sensitivity to to living, which keeps the mind sharp in a sense. And it it I feel like it it's self protective in some of these neuro degenerative diseases that we see. Um, And so, yeah, I find all that interesting because uh, the further we, I feel like the further we move into what you're talking about, which is this big brain that we have, then the more we also continue to move away from these biological foundations that, um, you know, it's like, are we becoming something else? You know, Mm -hmm. this whole Technological argument. It's like we're becoming or have become something different, you know, like uh techno sapien or something. Yeah, well, <laughs> we, we, we,
0: we, we, we keep doing these things. Um, I'll say this and I want to make sure I, I let you get on with your day, but it reminds me of this book and I keep bringing it up because it's like the best book I've read all year. Die Wise. This is oh no, this is a different book, but that is a oh, great okay. book. Strongly suggest it. And there's a documentary about the guy who wrote it called um, Grief Walker that is really excellent. Um, but I read this book called Understanding Media and it's really ultimately a book about like the nervous system in many ways that all technology really is, is an extension of our nervous system. Mm-hmm. And the further we get away from actually like, whatever, however you want to do it. thing yeah. Really sensing it with ourselves, um, the less that those senses have to work, right? Because something else is doing it for us, right? right? Right. Um so like now like we don't need to put in all the work that it would actually take for you and I to communicate in person you know this is an extension of our ear and extension of our of our eyes um and it's like we keep kind of building these layers between our nervous system and the world yeah in in yeah. many different ways like someone would say like he would say that the a house is an extension of our skin you know
1: yeah. and
0: and and yeah, it's as you said. It's like we're becoming something else. Where it's like our our senses don't need to work in the way that they they had to in the past. I, I watched this show on on History Channel called Alone, which I feel like you would dig. Um, is that where these, they
1: drop the people off and in, yeah yeah in, yeah in the in yeah. the
0: Arctic and yeah. watching these people, especially the ones who are like really like veteran um, what is it bushcraft types and survival types like watching their eyes move and like you can almost see their ears perk up as they're like moving through the terrain and and the way that they're navigating and smelling things it's like and then the longer they're out there you almost can feel that their senses are getting turned on even more and and then by the end you're like oh my gosh these people aren't just kind of like moving through this space they're like a part of this space like they're they're right. collaborating with it and their senses are are this like really integral piece. It's almost like their senses are like the roots in the space.
1: Right, right. How do you feel about that? Like what's your, do you have a, um, do you have a thought either way as far as good, bad, indifferent in terms of the direction of those things, you Um, know, in terms of these different tools?
0: Yeah, to me, I I don't want to be less human. I want to like be more. Maybe that's why I keep coming back to that human generalist idea
1: right right you know
0: and i'm and and it kind of came out of reading that book and then having the experiences of like doing a little bit of like you know crafting with my hands while we were oh yeah i saw you
1: building chipping chipping away some yeah uh, some wood stuff yeah some like
0: simple tools and things like that and then also with the the writing and exploring a little bit of dance and just being like oh like this is a little and, and doing some cooking um it's like this is Like the wholeness of like human potential, yeah, and to participate in this way, it asks a lot of our senses, of our nervous system, to like participate. So like, if I'm, if I'm creating layers between that, like really participating in the fullness of it, is going to be challenging.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that's where like this idea of sensitivity, I think, is so interesting because it is, you know, it's sense base. It's having the sensitivity to explore but yeah man i I do i think about this a lot and there's nothing that i can do single-handedly or any of us can do single-handedly but um uh yeah it's we're moving in a very thought-based direction it's like if thought is a sense then the world is moving based technological development is thought-based right it's not coming from the timeless space it's coming from the thought of more, the thought of this kind of continual unfolding at a cost. And, you know, at this point, it's like the writing on the wall says the cost is the end of us, you know, the cost, the cost is that we're degrading the planet We're, you know, we're extracting more than we can put back in We're, you know, we're essentially creating an uninhabitable environment for, for all of us Um, versus the other direction, which would be if we look at the opposite of thinking it would be connecting and I think what you're talking about is building more connection with yourself but also more connection with the world around you and man I just I feel like that's where we have to steer the ship Mm -hmm. and um, in a urban environment to me I'll go back to movement I know (laughs) we're like all over the place but in an urban environment I don't live I can't You know, um, like I see some of the stuff that Matt has on his ranch, and I think it's such a beautiful thing to be able to have access to that and to, you know, explore with his kids and share those things, because I think that's there's some richness there in um, that you don't get in an an urban environment, but you can in an environment in this environment explore yourself like movement wise and explore, you know, connection to local farmers and how you cook your food and share it with your community. And I do think that this redirect of connection with self and other has to happen. I just, and I'm passionate about understanding that more with with not only my own self and practice, but also just with our local community and then our collective community, because I see that as what we're all trying to come together and do you know from this kind of movement perspective um but we don't really quite know how to make it tangible um not tangible not not yeah. like money tangible yeah but like felt sense so well, you, well,
0: i think you do a good job and even talking to you now it's like you know i think anybody who listens to this will be like oh they can they can sense your compassion and then when you attach and then hearing what you're saying like oh like it validates the compassion but then i think about like, when i see some of the stuff that you put out there for for the public consumption and and i think that there it comes from a, comla- a place of compassion as well and i think that like that is important you know and and not seen as frequently in the social media world in the era, era of like you know big butts and like the 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 whole you know influencer era um, sure. so I find it super refreshing and I think that you know it it continues to like perpetuate your message either directly or indirectly in a lot of the things that I see you make available to people so i I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks, man. And I, I, as you know, it's tricky. It's a tricky balance. I mean, like Ito said, I had to have six pack abs and a one arm handstand before anyone would listen to me. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, there's a. It's like that double edged sword thing. It's like ah, don't I don't want to put out another, um, I don't want to put out another video doing a handstand push up, but maybe someone will actually listen to what I have to say because I can do that. Maybe that's the doorway, the mm-hmm. entry. So we're all caught in this, man. And it's a, it's a weird deal, but it's, um, uh, I think some of the stuff that you're doing too, like with this podcast, it's like getting behind the scenes as it's called. It's like Mm -hmm. I started a podcast I'd done maybe four up to this point, a couple of years back and just fell out of the routine and rhythm. But the whole purpose was to show a different side than what you see on Instagram, Mm -hmm. because, you know, and I, I called it the rest of the story because that's only one part, you know, and you're doing the same thing here. It's like, let me get behind the scenes and see what and how people are actually thinking, not how it's portrayed in media. And I think that's a great, we need more of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think people need to be willing to, to have the conversations and, 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 and have the discourse and, and do it in a long form setting. Yeah, I agree. Because there's just, everything is so fast every and that's why i said it's like oh it's it's all about like the 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 snapshots you know like i say like the influencers and the big butts or whatever it's just like that's just you know it's like candy where it's like for something like this like you need to sit down and be like okay we're gonna have like a four-course meal you know
1: exactly and and that's really and to
0: me that's like where the where the rich stuff is you know i think a lot about this book I read where I was talking about like you know you, when you compare like debates today versus debates you know a couple hundred years ago you know like the Lincoln Douglas debates were 3 hours long the first yeah. person would speak for an hour then the second person would speak for 90 minutes and then allowed, and then the thir- first person would come back and speak for 30 if you tried to do that on CNN right now people would be like are you crazy
1: like yeah, it's all like yeah. it's all
0: like you know they talk about zingers and things like that but that's why people I think are misinformed and I don't think people yeah. want information, you know, and somehow though, in the, in the, in this funky technology world where things are moving so fast, this one thing that has caught on to, to people who, who are explorers is this world of podcasts, which has been like mm-hmm. the silver lining inside a lot of this like garbage that has come out.
1: It's like the, the pirate ship of the voice and getting that. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, 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 the long form is, uh, I think of like you're saying too, even some of the Greek philosophical schools who just, that's what it was. It was like, let's get together and see how we disagree. And that's what this practice is, right? It's like, let's, or see where we agree. It's like, I, you know, learn from you. It's like, wow, we view things very similar, but in some ways very different. And man, I need to, I need to adopt some of that. And we just, yeah, I agree. We don't have enough of that. Yeah, in a, in a way that's like, you know, um, respected and thoughtful. So When,
0: when I think that um, in the movement culture, I think sometimes people, I think they allow the curiosity to vanish. I think that, that they, they, they get stuck on the certainty of certain things. And I think that's why mm-hmm. people like handstands and they like QDRs and they like one-arm chin-ups because there's a certain kind of certainty there. Yeah. It has a name, it has a definition, it's supposed to look and feel a certain way. And, you know, I, I challenge everybody to, like, n- not lose the curiosity. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, the curiosity is super important in the, in, the, in the feeling of being an explorer as well as a craftsman. You know, I yeah. know that in movement, like, that term craftsman gets used quite a bit, and I don't not like it, but I think that there's something to also being uh, an explorer and maybe a bit of a pirate as well. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. you know,
0: but I think that, I think that, you know, I, I, I want to share that with people to be like, listen, all I'm doing is making educated suggestions. I'm just, you know, I've got some information, so I'm making guesses based on that, but none of this is certainty. So I make sure you stay curious and see what, what else kind yeah, of like yeah, Yeah. And,
1: and know that we make mistakes every day, all day, yeah. I mean, that's the other thing. It's like for someone who has a honed practice, it's like we're always screwing up. Like yeah. that's how we actually hone it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean mm-hmm. so um it's so, just not as
0: it's just not as glaring in this practice, at least in like jujitsu, yeah. when you're honing, you're getting choked along the way. And it's very clear that like <laughs> exactly. oh, they're trying to learn something. But here it's well, like and, it's not as yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's you know, Ito again to refer back to him, he's like, people say, Hey, why haven't you put out a book? And I, it's what you're talking about. It's like he's not willing to say, "Hey, I'm certain this is what it is." Mm-hmm. And once you do that, it's like you solidify it. Doesn't mean there's not value in it, but there's still so much uncertainty. And I think, like you said, being okay to live in that space is is um, man. That's that uncertainty, and with it, not fear but curiosity. Cause you can be uncertain and fearful all day. And I think yeah. a lot of us are, it's like, Oh my God, when's mm-hmm. this going to be over? This is scary, whatever. Or like, huh? Like what, what's new here? Like what? Yeah. Wow. This is great. A new, a new way to look at things. Let me see what I can figure out and find. Right. Yeah. I think that's a
0: great message. Yeah. We'll get shirts that say, stay curious. Yeah.
1: Well, it's funny. I was going to send you, I already thought about it when you said it, but on my way home, there's a little. I think it's a Montessori school, and uh, Montessori school. And on the on the placard, it says "Stay curious." And I, really? was, just gonna, I was gonna text oh, it to you.
2: That's I so. Mean, cool. What a
1: great, what a great thing for a school, right? Yeah. That's it. That's it, right there. It's like yeah. Curious George. We need to promote more of that.
0: I yeah, totally man. agree. So, <laughs> if people want to practice with you, what's got to happen, and ha- and what, and what's available for people who are local and people who are living far away?
1: Yeah, they have to be curious. That's, the, that's <laughs> our first thing. I mean, um, uh, so we've got a big wide net at the moment. So the net is you come in and maybe try some of our foundations classes online, which are once a week, uh, every Saturday. Um, if someone makes it through a month of that, and they want to bump up to an online all levels class, then you can sign up. But we don't really do drop ins. So it's not Like, oh, yeah, I want to pop into that on a Tuesday. It's you commit for a month and you decide after that whether or not you want to continue. So we have uh, foundations, all levels online, and then we have uh, all levels kind of online and in person. And that's all just through movementstandard.com, movementstandard on uh, Instagram, and you can reach out and send us a message. But it's it's a very simple filter that allows people to kind of either take a taste and not have to spend a lot of money or um, once they have, they can decide whether or not there's something there for them and they wanna learn with us. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that's, it's, that's about it at the moment.
0: Well, Just... I, I like that. I like that approach. I hope that um, once... Uh... You know, There's some openings here. We'll have to make a trip to Dallas. I don't think I've ever been to Dallas.
1: Man, come to Dallas. I tell you what, I started going to Boulder about 12 years ago. I go at least once a year. Uh-huh. And my wife went to school there. And then about six years in, uh, after I had trained with Edo, Matt's like, oh, I'm opening a space here. And so I was like, oh, this is perfect. We go there every year. So I love Boulder. I'm always in Boulder. But I'm trying to always get people to
0: Dallas. So yeah.
1: anytime, man, you've got to place to move and stay and yeah, come on down.
0: Well, I'm, I'm going to hold you to it. As soon as the, you know, the world makes it possible, we are going to make the trip and maybe we'll even do like, you know, uh, like a semi-extended stay, like maybe a month or something.
1: That'd be awesome. So let me ask you this, if you don't mind sharing, are you planning on staying in Boulder? Like, are you, have you decided or what's your...
0: we we haven't decided yet. Um, we know when Matt and I chatted about it, we we both agreed that like it made sense to just like do like a three month commitment to see like how it works and feels and everything. Sure. Um, but I think with like the impending restrictions that I think are coming and and the continuing like of lockdowns and things like that, it may get challenging here in the next few weeks, sure. month or so. So I think that that will dictate kind of like what we do. Like you know, for instance, like if you know they end up having to cut way back on classes, it may not make sense. Right, right. Uh, for me to stick it out, um, but I, I I really don't know because I do like it here and it's beautiful and it's a great I, place. Yeah. I, and I do enjoy getting to 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 teach the people here, and it's been really great to get to teach people again in person after like months of not. Sure. Um, but I'm also I'm super. Excited about the idea of like not being stuck anywhere, you know? Yeah. So, like, you know, yeah. seeing you and and seeing your space in the background and hearing you talk, I'm like, man, yeah, it would be amazing to like <laughs> go and hang in Dallas for a while. Yeah, and, man. and I interviewed um some people in Toronto, and I'm like, you know, both my wife and I, we have uh, Canadian passports. And we were like, oh, well, maybe we should go to like Canada for a little while too. I don't know. It's like this weird time where you're just like, well, if you don't have the baggage. Then it's like yeah. maybe maybe move, ride move it around yeah ride the wave a little bit so I I think we'll see you know and I think in the next two or three weeks we'll we'll make a little bit more of a, a harder decision yeah. um, but it'll also be as I said like I think in that amount of time especially after Thanksgiving I think we'll have like a clearer idea of like where we're headed in terms of how the the virus the stuff is going to be all that, yeah. managed so yeah maybe I will be here when uh when you make your next trip but yeah maybe we, I'll we make come it. So we were there
1: last, we were there last August, not this, this one, because mm. ob- obvious reasons, but yeah, we're usually there every year because I mean, my wife's family is in Northern Idaho. They're in Coeur d'Alene.
0: Okay. So it's
1: in, it's right in the middle. And so mm. we make a stop, but yeah, man, if you're there, let's, uh, hang out and move and philosophize and
0: solve the world problems. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll start working on our book. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, dude, I can't Whoa. thank you enough for doing this. It's so cool to, uh, to connect uh this is the conversation that we didn't get to have uh two and a half years ago we just had our like quicks like hellos like oh good yeah, to see yeah. you hey, I've seen you thing. before yeah 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 you look better in person than on instagram
1: <laughs> type of thing
0: yeah so we'll make it happen like i said like you know who knows maybe by uh, the spring we'll be able to make a dallas trip
1: oh we'd love it man the students would love it and yeah um in the meantime stay safe man take care of yourself and uh good luck. I saw you're starting some online stuff back up with uh movement Brooklyn. So good luck with that. And yeah, man, wish wish you well. Stay warm. Tell all the guys and Leo that I said uh, hello from
0: Dallas. Will do, man. I will talk to you soon.
1: All right, man. Thanks, Kyle. Bye. See you soon, man. Bye.